trying to skip that terrible song again, only to realize that, oh man, I just missed another Jeep wave. And then you spend the rest of your day thinking about it, hanging your head in shame and promising yourself you'll do better next time. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Hey, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having that unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or a daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, Jeeper, I'm Josh, and where the hell is Chuck? (laughs) <laughs> it's been like it's I, last last show he was on. I think it was like October or something, something like that. Yeah, it's a long, been a long time ago. I don't care ago. how much hay or how many cows or how deep the crap on your boots is. Chuck, God dang it, you're going to get an intro and a name and mention on the intro. You better well be here, <laughs> Patna. He's he's screaming at his uh, vehicle radio yeah, right now. He is right now, like and, uh, he's, yeah. he's uh, dropping f bombs and talking well, bad about 100%. your mother. And uh, exactly we're, we're lucky we even get a mention of him on the show. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> well, on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got a pair of Jeep stories surrounding one model of Jeep, and they couldn't be more different from each other. It's going to be interesting. And later in the show, I'm going to wrap up our multi-part series in used winch buying. This is where we get into the all the nitty-gritty. So, <laughs> Jeeper, I hope you're ready. Well, howdy, it's Wendy. And you can hear my newbie nuggets on our Tuesday episodes now. I talk about all kinds of things. Topics for the newest of Jeepers. I'm Tony, and uh, you all know I love the color red. But there's another reason why I I love red, because it also stands for Remember Everyone Deployed. Ooh, good one. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Over the years, I've had the pleasure of bringing to you many stories of Jeeps and dumb criminals. And in some of these stories, the Jeeps that they're driving ends up being the focus of the story. Not the crime, not the criminal, not even how dumb they were or what they did. Or even the efforts of law enforcement, for that matter. Nope. The frickin' Jeep takes center stage. And why? Because it's usually it's the Jeep serving the role in these cases more often than not as the getaway vehicle. And ends up doing double duty as a battering ram or a demolition derby car. Story after story. The Jeep rams one cop car after another, taking them out of the, ca- out of the chase. All while the Jeep seems more than capable of just keep on chugging along. Well, today we have such a story. But not with a Jeep that you'd think capable of such a feat. But here it is nonetheless. According to the reports from the police of Weathersfield, Connecticut, an officer was on a routine patrol near the Almar Motel on Arrow Road. Just before 2.25 a.m., you know, that part of the morning where only good things happen, the officer noticed a license plate that had been reported stolen to Middletown Police. The plate was attached to a silver Jeep Compass, And there was not a year listed, so we don't know if it was a first-gen or second-gen compass. Either way, it's a compass. And a backup officer was called to the scene. Okay, so you got that mental image good and sharp in your mind. Two cops flanked this silver Jeep compass, and their patrol cars were behind the Jeep compass. Got that? Okay. As the officer stood alongside the Jeep, the driver put the vehicle in reverse, struck both police vehicles, and fled the scene. 
According to the report, both officers said that they attempted to pursue the vehicle. However, one police vehicle was completely inoperable and the other sustained enough damage to make it unable to effectively or safely pursue the fleeing Jeep. The pursuit had to end before it even began because of a freaking Jeep compass? <laughs> Thankfully, none of the officers were hurt. However, if you have any information about the driver or this apparently indestructible silver Jeep compass, you're asked to call the Weathersfield Police Department. Special kind of stupid going on. A Jeep compass. Yeah, really. I mean, took out two modern day police cruisers. Are you effing kidding me? Well, he must In have reverse. been. In reverse. In yeah, reverse, nonetheless. <laughs> so he stepped on that pretty good. That skinny pedal. He just hit that on the ground. Yeah. The floor. Seriously. Jeez. But enough to enough to completely make one vehicle inoperable yeah. and the other the other incapable uh, of pursuit. That's, I mean that. That is remarkable to me. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a Jeep story, even if it is for dumb criminals. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> and, and and for what Chuck would call a very plastic Jeep. Yep. Yes. <laughs> you know. So yeah, I mean, I would understand if this was a, a Jeep of more substance. You know, maybe like a Grand Wagon. Uh, yeah, well, certainly like a Grand Wagoneer. But I was thinking like a Grand Cherokee, uh, or even like a like a four door Wrangler. Or, or something like that. I could, I could see a yeah. body on frame Jeep uh, causing that kind of uh, causing that kind of damage, but not a compass. I mean, the thing is basically just a new generation Cherokee for all intents and purposes. A compass did this? No way. <laughs> and the compass requires a magnetic field to work, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> oh well. We may not think much of this particular model here in the States, and by we, I mean pretty much anybody listening to this show, and a great deal of other Jeep owners out there who choose to buy, well, any other Jeep than a Compass, but the Jeep Compass has been the key to the Jeep's brand success across the globe. And the comp- compact SUV is built at all, uh, at four different assembly plants worldwide, but one of those plants is celebrating a huge milestone of 400,000 units being produced there. The Jeep plant in Brazil, which has a name even I can't produce, uh, pr- pronounce rather, ha- has been producing the Compass since October of 2016. Since then, the vehicle has not stopped evolving. In 2021, the Brazilian-built Compass received a mid-cycle action, an MCA as they call it, that brought even more design, technology, sophistication, and performance to the Compass's arsenal. It now sits as the reference as to what all the other automakers look at when entering their vehicles into the C-segment market of SUVs. Now, although the Jeep Compass has always been considered one of those other Jeeps, it is nonetheless still a Jeep. And its Jeep DNA has helped it cement it as the sales leader among the C-segment SUVs. In 2022, up to October, uh, over 51,000 units of the Compass had been sold, which looks to put it once again at the top of its category for sales at the end of the year. A position, mind you, that it has reached for the last five years running. Wow. That's pretty good. Good bragging rights for Mm -hmm. a Jeep that we don't consider a Jeep. (laughs) Now, for the 2023 model year, the Compass expanded its list of standard features and gained an extra dose of protection with the new Jeep Healthy Cabin Package, a technology that removes impurity particles from the air and eliminates impurities by up to 83%. And with the climate controls set to recirculation, even Uncle Bob will have a hard time fog banking the Jeep with his infamous chili dog salute. The Brazilian-built version of the Compass is sold in 16 countries across Latin America. Those countries include Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Ecuador, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Panama, uh, Paraguay, Peru, Uruguay, Venezuela, and Mexico. 
What is funny about that last one is that the American and Canadian versions of the compass are produced at the Toluca assembly plant in Mexico, which doesn't <laughs> produce its own country's models. So, yes, Mexico is building the same Jeep that it imports. Tell me how that is smart. Hmm. You know, I, I have to say that compass, I've actually had to rent vehicles occasionally, and <laughs> yeah. I did rent a compass, and I was pleased with it. I mean, it had all the same sort of insides that I was used to have, being a Jeep driver, and um, it was a great little car. I, I can't complain about it, so I yeah, can see I, why it's popular, you know? I drove one up in Seattle for a day, and I would, I would agree. Uh, it, is a, it is a good little car. Um, I, it doesn't feel like a jeep to me it doesn't drive right. like a jeep to me Correct. it drives like a like a modern car well it's on and, and us, i'm sure all, in, all intents and purposes that that's kind of what it is it's one of those yeah. those jeep cars mm -hmm. it's, it's those other jeeps you know that's why we call it a not a jeep kind of because it, it doesn't feel like the other jeeps it doesn't have that utility feel to it you don't sit up quite as high it Correct. doesn't have the same capabilities um you know all that sort of stuff and so it, it yeah you know if I, i've i've always said you know don't call jeeps a car but you know when we're talking oh, yeah. about that it's we're not talking about certain jeeps and so <laughs> so i really like the styling on this one uh, the one you have here in the show notes which you guys will be yeah. able to see at jeeptalkshow.com for this episode uh, 724 uh but uh, it the styling is very uh grand cherokee uh, looking, mm -hmm. and I think that's a winning look uh, because uh, although well, I wouldn't want to, Cherokee has won a lot of awards, including right. design awards, and so and I think they've they, you know you've seen the the tailoring of the the Cherokee model to gain those squinty eyes and the and the reduced grill and stuff like that. They've sort of been moving a lot of the front end designs of the other uh, of the other Jeeps towards that Grand Cherokee look. So you're you're 100 right on the mark there, Tony. Yeah. So I think the styling is a good one. It's not a styling that I I would want to have off road, but on road, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. driving uh, uh, to a nice restaurant or or uh, going to a a distance far away. Uh, sure. I mean, that would be uh, perfectly reasonable. It just really just uh, at that point would depend on how well it's built and uh, how long it's going to last because those are two important considerations in anything you buy. Yeah, definitely. Well, Jeeper, what do you have to say about this? If you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, please let us know. You can do it by phone or by email. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out to us. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, coming up Tech Talk, we reached the end of the line. Oh, I see what you did there. In our oh. used winch buying guide. Uh, is there any coverage about the line? Are we doing talking uh, synthetic here or, uh, or, or we steel? We will get into some considerations between synthetic and and uh, and, and steel cables, um, but we're not going to get into a de debate as far as which <laughs> we're one not? we should. <laughs> which one you should? Uh, uh, which one you should buy? I think he's uh, telling really me good. something. I think yes, he's, he's telling me something. Yes. Other. This yes, this is honey, a used winch. He's telling you used winch <laughs> buying guide. So you know you're going to be getting whatever is on the drum when you buy the winch. So you you're going to be possibly getting a winch with synthetic, possibly a winch with cable, a steel cable. So we'll cover both. Yep, and uh, I'll just warn you because uh, Josh has uh, already warned me. It's a, a lengthy final segment, which is uh, which is good because it's lots of detail, but gets you a nice beverage, maybe a refill and uh, a, sharp a, a sack two pencil, a sack lunch, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and a very Ruby thick notepad. Yeah. <laughs> 
and and listen to it more than once. That's another good yeah. uh, a good way. There you go. That's a great tip. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. All right, guys, we've got something we would like to ask you to do. On top of using the hashtag Jeep Talk Show, hashtag giveaways, uh, go ahead and add in hashtag Jeep and uh, hashtag Jeep Life because that's really what we're talking about here is is a lifestyle of, of Jeeps. And uh, we, we want to invite you to our Discord server if you're not already there. Uh, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You will see a Discord invite. Uh, go over there, and uh, you will be in on uh, the Discord server, a chatting server, 24 by 7, uh, text chat type thing. But you can also post images, and that's what we've done in a uh, in one of the channels that are there called Social Media Share. And if you go to Social Media Share, and this is the big favor we're asking you to do, you will see various images that we've created and put up into the Social Media Share channel that you can copy and post on your very own social media. And this is a good way to help promote the show. Yeah, we promote the show, but if somebody that isn't uh, uh, doesn't have Jeep Talk Show associated with their their uh, their their name or their uh, handle on the uh, on the, the the social media platform, I think it goes a lot longer because a lot, lot further because it's like, well, this person is just out of the goodness of their heart sharing this information. So go to uh, social media share. You'll see. I don't know, five, six, or seven, uh, and and look for Josh's favorite, the one with the the elf and the uh, the gift. Uh, <laughs> share those things on your social media. Make sure that you add the hashtags Jeep Talk Show, giveaways, uh, Jeep, and Jeep Life. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And as I get older, I try to remember. All the people I've lost along the way. (laughs) And then I think to myself, maybe a career as a tour guide just wasn't the best choice for me. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you I have a friend who's trying to convince me he's a compulsive liar. Yeah, I don't believe him. I'm laughing and that's all that matters. (laughs) All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later and have a good one. Bye. I still think it's funny. Laugh Morning. like nobody is watching. I, I, yeah, yeah, I cracked exactly. myself up. <laughs> yep. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. So back in episode 716, I started talking about the things that you need to know when buying a used winch. We now know where to look, uh, now know where to get the best deals on a used winch, and the types of winches that we're likely going to be looking for. And in episode 720, I covered all the things that your Jeep needs to have in order to power and mount a winch to begin with. And in this installment of Tech Talk, we're going to get into the winches themselves. We're going to wrap everything up all in one nice, neat little bow. Now, a lot of what you're going to find as far as used winches go are likely going to be older models that have either been left for dead, have been misused and or broken, or is the unfinished project of, well, another Jeeper or somebody just like you. Now, some of the brands you're likely to come across are, of course, the ubiquitous Warn, but also winches like Ramsey, Mile Marker, Smittybilt, and Superwinch. 
Now, sure, there are others like, you know, T-Max, Kodiak, or, ugh, Badlands, and other Chinese crap that isn't worth pulling a dead lawnmower across the driveway, let alone finding a home on the front of your Jeep. Mm -hmm. Serviceability and initial quality are the two key elements here. If it wasn't made good to begin with, or if you can't get parts for it, what's the point, right? You're either polishing a turd or you're embarking on an exercise in futility. But hey, if you need the practice or something to waste time and money on, you could find worse choices, really, though. Now, when it comes to reputation in both the aforementioned areas, few come with the prestige that Warren does. Now, they've been doing this longer than just about anybody else. And you can still get parts for even some of their oldest winches. From the old uprights like the Bellevue or the very sought-after Warren 8274, uh, honestly, if you can get your hands on an 8274, it will be the last winch you ever buy. So just take that to the bank. Now, to the even more modern VR or Xeon winches, you can rebuild or even upgrade them all. All the other brands will also have at least some degree of parts support, but few will come close to the level of support that you're going to get from Warren. So it might be a good idea to keep your radar tuned for used Warren winches, but you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket, as it were, either. Just know that Warren has the largest selection of replacement parts for their winches than virtually any other manufacturer. Despite the brands that you find or the model that you end up going with, we need to make sure that you're not buying a complete lemon or something that's going to leave you stranded in the middle of a mud hole the third time you end up using it. The key to buying a used winch is to know what you are looking at. Now, there are a few things happening electrically and mechanically to make a winch work right, and some of it can be overwhelming. So let's make sure that you got the right stuff before you head out to go look at one so that you don't end up spending all day troubleshooting a boat anchor. Now, when you head out to go look at a used winch, be sure to bring a good 12-volt battery and a set of power leads, or at least a set of jumper cables with you, so that you can test the winch to see if it even works. Don't grab the 12-volt lawnmower battery that's been sitting in the shed for the last six years. It needs to be a good 12-volt battery with at least 650 cold cranking amps, or CCA. This is the common minimum amperage requirement for most winches in the 8,000 to 12,000 rating, uh, rating range. Now, sometimes somebody might be selling a winch that they thought didn't work. Come to find out, all that happened was it got hooked up wrong or a wire came loose. You want to look at the overall condition of the winch itself. If it's a painted winch, how does the paint look? Is it rusty? Pay special attention to the bolts and the mounting gear. Are they all stripped? Rusty? What's the condition of the cable? Find out if, if it's the original cable, and if so, how old is it? Does it have any kinks, loose or broken strands? All this is a must-know, but not necessarily a deal-breaker, since the cable can be replaced. And paint? Well, paint is just paint. Now, if it's a synthetic winch rope, be sure to look for any fraying and or tears. That's going to be a deal-breaker as far as that goes. Winch line is expensive in, in the synthetic, synthetic variety, and replacing that, well, you may just opt to go to cable to begin with. Now, look for the fair lead as well, if it's got one, and see if there's a lot of wear. If it's a roller fair lead, do all the rollers spin freely? Is the fair lead mounting bracket bent or wallowed out? Don't forget about the condition of the controller as well. Inspect the button. Check its operation to make sure the controller itself isn't frozen. Also, pay special attention to the cord as it goes into the controller and as it terminates at the winch side plug. Is the shield still intact? Are there any breaks or burns? Any split wires, exposed wires, anything like that? In the end, a replacement controller can be ordered and will be brand new out of the box, so this too isn't necessarily a deal breaker.
Now, what you find as you go through all of these inspection points can be great indicators of how well the previous owner took care of the winch, but aren't necessarily deal breakers unto themselves if you're aware of what you're going to need to rebuild or replace. Now, next is going to come the actual testing of the potentially new-to-you winch. Now, be sure to use at least a set of jumper cables in the test to verify if the winch works. That speaker wire, that's not going to cut it. And the moment you try and power things up with anything smaller than jumper cable cables, well, you're going to have some nice hot wire and a very stinky smoke show and, well, not much else. It doesn't matter if the winch looks great, but won't pull. Well, you're in for a lot more work than you may want to get into. So inspect the housing and really check out the wiring and solenoid packs as well. Any crimps in the wiring uh, could be a potential break. If it's a spliced together mess, well, you're going to be in for some rewiring. So if your electrical game is kind of weak, you may want to move on to another option. Watch out for excessive oxidation on the solenoid connections. That's going to be a dead giveaway that they'll need cleanup or replacement. But cleaning of contacts and bus bars is relatively easy with a wire wheel or some elbow grease and a wire brush. Be sure to look closely around the cooling fins if the winch has them. Too much buildup could spell trouble. Speaking of thermal damage, look for hot spots on the wire studs. This is where the wire is actually going to hook up to the studs that power the internals of the winch itself. These would be uh, signs of a short, a spark, a loose connection. This indicates a poor installation and means at least at some point the connections were loose enough to cause arcing, or worse, and that can lead to serious motor or solenoid problems. Now when you're testing a winch, if it powers in and out, you want to listen for grinding or popping noises. These can indicate broken bits in the drivetrain and, well, that could spell serious trouble. But remember, gears can be replaced if things haven't been too terribly grenaded inside. The drivetrain of a good winch can be completely rebuilt, but parts will add up quickly. So maybe pass on one that is just a garbled mess of twisted and broken metal inside. You will also want to check for cracks in any of the winch's housing. Cracks can indicate internal damage or massive overloading of the winch. And cracks will also allow grease to get out and water to get in where it shouldn't and damage internals. Now, honestly, I would avoid any winch with cracks in the housing or a grenaded internal unless it was free or nearly free and might have some usable parts on it. All right. Let's say you've checked out the things that we've listed and the winch seems to be in good or great working order. Congratulations! Sounds like we may have a winner on our hands. But there are still a few other considerations before forking over the cash to take a look at. Now, not all of these things will matter to every Jeeper and may not even matter to you at all. But still, they're worth mentioning so at least you'll have a better idea of what you're looking at. Does the winch have a reverse? If you don't like the free spool, this might be an important feature for you. How about a manual brake and clutch? What type of drive gear does it have? Is it a spur drive, worm drive, planetary gear drive? Which one do you prefer? They all have advantages. The pros and cons of each are a little too extensive to get into on this segment right now, so be sure to do some research and find out what might work for best for your needs. Does the winch you're looking at have a new or rebuilt motor? And is it set up with a remote, remote switch at all? You can save yourself a bunch of money on a winch if you follow these guidelines and find a diamond in the rough. Trust me, they are out there. You may find an excellent deal that just needs some cleanup and a little bit of attention, but you're going to need to use your eyes, your hands, and a checklist of the things that we've covered here to avoid buying a boat anchor or paying more for something that you should. Well, Jeeper, I hope this helps. If nothing else, you've got a better understanding of things to look for when buying a used winch and may be able to pass on some of this on to a friend who could use a push in the right direction. So how hard is it to switch out if you found an older unit or model and you wanted to go from cable to synthetic or vice versa 
Can that be well, done on those winches or is it you have to stick with what you, you know, how it came? Typically, the fair lead um, is going to be the biggest difference. Sometimes on more modern uh, dr uh, winches, the drum may be a little bit different as far as how the, uh, the, the, the rope or the cable is going to attach to the drum. So mm -hmm. uh, that may be uh, something that you might want to talk to the manufacturer about as far as what uh, is compatible with that model if it's something that you can't find information for on the internet. And of course, the fair leads are going to be different as well. Uh, mm -hmm. cable, winch, cable drum uh, winches will require a uh, roller fair lead, uh, whereas the, uh, the synthetic uh, winch drum winches will have a, um, uh, what's called a house fair lead, H-A-W-S-E. Right. Uh, fair lead and uh, they are two different styles although they do the same thing yeah uh, one is real smooth and oval and the other one has rollers is, is basically exact, the difference yeah. exactly so and, and the winch that you find may not have uh have a fair lead the, the winch that i got i got a used smithy built myself um uh when i got it i did not have a fair lead uh so i had to go i had to I'd go buy one um you know went down to my local four-wheel parts or amazon i can't remember how i got it but uh, nonetheless just got one they're not all that expensive so uh, you know, it, to th if, if the winch that you're looking at doesn't have one, you know, don't consider that a deal breaker. Uh, that's, uh, again, something that is very easily sourced and very easily replaced. It's been a little while back, but I think 50 bucks uh, come, uh, comes to mind as far as... Uh, yeah, you're in the ballpark there. Yeah. I was going to say 40 to 50 bucks, you know, 40 to 60, uh, the, you know, depending on, on uh, the quality of what you're getting, I think is you're, you're in the ballpark there. It'll yeah. cover pretty... How, how fancy the name, uh, the name yeah. brand is, too. So, uh, I'm, I was thinking this is actually an excellent idea to get a uh and i'm not saying it's not as as important but it's cheaper than having two new winches uh but getting a winch to mount on the back of your jeep because the the winch in the back is probably the one you'd use more often if you're stuck in mud or up on something because that was uh that gets you uh, off the obstacle that you're uh, that you're maybe high centered on so this would be a great opportunity for a, a rear winch now i'm not saying it would be easy to mount up but uh, it, uh, having a, a cheap uh, rear winch would be nice. Which would yes, probably get in the way of most tire carriers. And <laughs> Yeah, know. not to mention the, the amount of space that that's going to take up inside the Jeep if you were to yes. store it uh, or, or keep it on the Jeep. Um, uh, not to mention the amount of wire that you're going to need. And, and for something like this, when you're going to go from the front of the vehicle to the back to power something mm -hmm. like a winch, you're going to need gauge wire. Uh, mm -hmm. at that point uh, the, the four gauge wire that would ordinarily uh, hook up from your winch to your battery it's not going to be enough you're going to you're going to have too much of an amperage build and too much of a voltage drop across that much wire uh, to have that run um, uh, be a small gauge wire so you know aught gauge wire uh, 12 to 16 20 foot run something like that of that wire that's going to be a considerable expense uh, something you may want to consider instead is having a front and rear receiver on the jeep uh, that you can take one single winch and mount it to the front or to the to the rear um, uh, and to use that way. And that way there's no um, getting in the way, uh, also carrying an extra, you know, 150 pounds of steel on the on the vehicle and, and everything else. A lot of considerations there to running a dual winch system. So uh, just be sure you, you, you really, you know, weigh out all the pros and cons of that. Yeah, don't but, let the negatives keep you from doing it, though, because uh, no. rear winches are very handy. But, but if you think... Um that you want a second winch, like for us, I could see that putting it on our 16-foot trailer so that when we're trying to get somebody, we're re Excellent recovering idea. somebody, 
or yeah. oh, like you, we've used you've it. You've broken for wood. your Jeep and you need to well, get it up on the the. That's exactly the right. Thing. Yeah. So to me, this is a great option of not having to purchase a brand new one. I could actually find something used. There you go. But also for other types of jobs, you know, like we we use our winch for moving our trees when we get them delivered. We're talking about cut down trees, by the way, um, to for firewood. You know, and being able to have that already on that trailer would be kind of nice. So I I see several different reasons for this. Obviously, if we needed to replace our winch, I know Bill would just love to find something like this and then tinker and you know put it all back together. Oh, it's nice. Do you guys use a do you guys use a quad or a little side by side UTV out at the at the property out there? No, we're only on an acre and a quarter. Oh, okay. I thought you had more more land than that. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. No, thank you. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, with, with so, horses and dogs, forget it. Yeah. So, Josh, these these winches, uh, and, and when you get them, I mean, when they're manufactured, they're they're rated a certain number of uh, uh, pounds that they will be able to pull eight thousand, right. nine thousand, twelve thousand, and, and up. Uh, is there anything that you could do when you're doing a rebuild on this? that would change that value. I mean, and, and what I'm asking here is how careful do you have to be to make sure that you don't make your winch weaker than what it was designed to be? No, you you really couldn't do that without purposefully screwing things up. And at that point, the, the winch is not going to work before it's going to have a, a decreased rating. Um, and generally, you know, the rating is is a number of factors. Um, it is it is the, the strength of the components inside, obviously. Um, but it's generally uh, the the strength of the motor, uh, the size of the drum, um, uh, the the size of the mounting hardware, you know things things like that. Um, a lot of things come into come to factor when it when it's the the rating of it. So you couldn't take an eighty five hundred pound winch and turn it into a twelve into a twelve k winch. You just couldn't do that. Without. I was thinking the other way by by putting maybe subpar parts inside of it, and it, well, no, it's rated it eighty eight thousand, and now it's all, it, maybe it's a four thousand pound winch. No, you you it wouldn't work. It, the the parts wouldn't fit. Uh, in other words, I was thinking um, about the quality of the parts you were talking about. You know, like uh, the the well, gears and uh, again, stuff that you go in there. You're, you're not going to find you know universal drive gear on Amazon for a worn eighty two seventy four. It's not going to happen. The only person that you're going to, the only place you're going to find parts for that are going to be from the manufacturer. So there's not going to be lesser quality parts. It's well, going I was to thinking be with China quality. involved in so many things and copying so much stuff that you uh-huh. might find some inexpensive parts and you might need to be careful in making sure you're sourcing good parts to go in there. Otherwise, hey, look, if, if you found something on Amazon that has a planetary gear set for a worn winch and they're selling it for like $13, uh, <laughs> no. buy three because you'll need them. <laughs> no, you're, 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 they're, they're one, they're probably lying to you. Two, yes. you're, you're not going to get something that's going to work for your winch. And even, even that even three even if it was able to drop in your winch it's not going to work okay um, so not know, a, not a concern that you would have you you no, think that's not something not that you need to worry about which is which not is good because i would not, be concerned about really didn't get that common sense gene in the in the genetics from your parents and so the, you're saying case. there's a chance <laughs> <laughs> yes there's always a chance that you okay, well good this, i don't see any any downside to this then because it no, saves you money really. you learn about the winch how it well, works and, and like i said i i got a used winch I, I had to buy a couple things for it um uh and went on the front of my jeep right away i got many many seasons of use out of it before uh things started going downhill and i had to rebuild it um and in that in that case it, it was more of a cleanup and a regreasing than a rebuild I, I replaced one or two gaskets 
um, uh, cleaned it, you know, took, took everything apart, cleaned it all, re-greased it, put it back together, replaced a couple gaskets, and the thing works as good as new. And in fact, it works better than it was than it did the day I got it. So, I mean, th- that's what I'm saying is, is that you could find a winch online and, and maybe the description is barely pulls, works very slow, you know, something like that. They think that it's going to be on its last leg, that it's about ready to fry, um, intermittently works or something like that. Motor turns on and off by, by itself, you know, things like that. All of that kind of stuff is going to be very, very easily diagnosed and very easily fixed. So something like that, those are going to be the kind of key words that you're going to be looking for in, in when you're finding these, these ads for used winches um, and, and, and how the sellers are describing them. Those are going to be some key words to find those diamonds in the rough that I was talking about earlier. Excellent. Well, Jeeper, if you have anything to add or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, maybe a topic that you would like to be covered here on the show, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Who knows? You may hear one of your topics covered here on the show in the near future. In episode 442, we spoke with Sean P. Holman of Motor Tram. I've raced in the Baja 1000. I've been all over the world testing everything from, you know, Range Rovers to, uh, to Ford trucks, everything in between. Just, it's, it's been an amazing journey. Sean just bought a new JL, but was it the right color? Being gray, it, red was in the running. I just, and I told this to Mark Allen. I said, bring back flame red. Yes. The firecracker is just a little too orangey for me. It, your, your argument is it wasn't red enough. 100% support that. <laughs> the Jeep Talk Show has well over 400 past episodes for your interview. Entertainment. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Have you ever been driving down the road distracted by the kids in the back, the nuggets in your lap, maybe the Jeep in the rearview mirror, or trying to skip that terrible song again, only to realize that, oh man, I just missed another Jeep wave. And then you spend the rest of your day thinking about it, hanging your head in shame and promising yourself you'll do better next time. Never again. Never miss a Jeep wave ever again with what is called the Lazy Waver. Available in left or right hands, depending on how you wave, and in a light or dark skin complexion. These ship in a single color, but you can easily paint them for that perfect match. Double-sided tape is included to mount the hand to the dash. This makes the perfect gift for that lazy waving jeeper. These hands are made uh, with plastic using an additive manufacturing process. Additive manufacturing is a process of laying down the product with a thin stream of plastic layer by layer. This results in visible micro-layer lines and other possible minor surface imperfections. In other words, this is a 3D-printed Jeep Wave that sticks to your dash in front of your steering wheel to make it look like you just threw up two fingers in the iconic Jeep Wave, even though you were too lazy or distracted to do so. Uh, I'm thinking that I would want to buy two of these and call it the Richard Nixon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> tricky, yeah, for, but tricky dick. Um, tricky dick, there it is. You know, and then on the on the windshield, it says, I am not a crook. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Trust Somebody me, out there is going to do it. Somebody yeah. out there. Only if if nothing else because you suggested it. Tony. You know, I see the I see the problem with this being that <laughs> you you don't do the Jeep wave to everyone. 
I, I mean, no, you don't. There's got some oh. guy in a new Bronco that's going to be bragging for the yeah. rest of Ooh, their lives. They thought I was in a Jeep. Yeah, that they that I got a Jeep wave. No, I, I don't think any of them are, are delusional enough to know that they, that anybody well, thinks they're in a Jeep. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're saying there's oh. a chance. No, uh, but anyway, I, I, I mean, the, the Renegade, the one of the new Renegades. Uh, I mean, some people, as far as uh, like an XJ, you know. Uh, they really don't like uh, doing Jeep waves to XJs. So yes, but I still do. How it's dare Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I agree do. with you. I agree with you, Josh. Uh, Look, but- it's all about the level of modification. I see a Patriot coming my way on 35s with a winch bumper and stuff. I'm gonna throw up a couple fingers. Look at you That's go. Right. All right, man. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, of course. But I mean, I like the idea of the no work, no thinking, none of that. Oh crap, I missed that that uh, the Jeep wave. You know, I'm sorry. You know, and you turn around, and chase them down, and they no, but you've got some, enough crap There's some weapons dad, and stuff. So. You got no room for this, Tony. <laughs> That's right. Well, so no, you could mount it. So, the you could mount it to the visor. That would be really confusing to people. <laughs> so I, I I could also see that as a prank to your buddy. You get in there and maybe you cut off the first finger. Uh, and just leave the other one, oh. <laughs> or, or just wrap it. We'll wrap one of them with black tape, Wendy. Yeah, so you can't see it. And it's oh, like, that's oh man! And there you are driving around <laughs> wondering what the hell. <laughs> yeah, you just got it rotated 180 degrees, and so the Jeez. knuckles are. Oh yeah, here you God. go. Let's good. just start this, and- this is really cool though. For fourteen dollars. So for twenty eight dollars you could do the the tricky dick. Uh yeah. I am not a cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Oh my gosh. Well, Wendy, you yeah, recently I, uh I'm I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was thinking that you know, it's three D printed. Uh somebody out there is gonna be like, Well, I've got a three D printer. I oh, I could yeah. probably find the program for this or something like that. You know, I I don't yeah. know. Well, uh, but uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh Christ, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Well, I'm, now, I'm wondering how many of these things have been sold so far. Yeah, and here's the other thing too. Was it uh, what two weeks ago I did the episode about um, the number of fingers that you put up when you pass other oh, that's or right. other vehicles? Yeah. So if you add those two that are permanently up as a 3D printed to plus whatever you're doing, talk about the confusing look on the others, the other people's face. Well, what is it? Is it two or four? What do they mean? I don't understand. Is that six? Right. <laughs> so yeah. what you're saying is I could do the, the thing for 21 Jeeps and not get arrested or, the, or, or get the applause. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I had to set a 3D print my own. So, uh, yeah, that would be a lot of fun having uh, – it would be like uh, – what was it? Uh, Bruce Almighty where uh, he holds his hand up. Yes. And <laughs> seven fingers in one hand. Everything happens. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, now, you know, there, there the, the, the scary part of this is, is if you get a scanner to scan your hand so that you can do the 3D printing, what other oh, things wow. are going to get scanned and put on the deck? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, if it's Tony's any of those scanner. On people's antennas, any, you know, yeah. Uh, if it's Tony's <laughs> Tony scanner, the, you know, I could just the, see him in the office at the copying machine. Can't you, Josh? <laughs> no, Here I, we go. <laughs> <laughs> No, hold on. It's it's a little cold in here. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Just a minute. Let me get a better shot. Oh now, now to, to that end, there is a disclaimer on this. It says, men, this will not be the size of your actual hand, but once on the dashboard, looks totally real. Oh, so. my gosh. Seriously? <laughs> well, because it's only about four inches tall or so. So it will be a little downsized from, you know, a, a human hand size, if you will. But... Uh, but I'm I don't sorry. Know. I, I, it I it could, looks I really creepy. So, so I'm thinking. So I'm thinking you could do this with a old lady's head, but just about the oh, from the sh- eyes 
above and the white hair. It's nothing but blue hair and nothing. Yeah. That's all you see. And then, <laughs> and then you put that on the dash right in front of the steering wheel because nobody's really going to notice that we're the position of it in front of the steering wheel. And then you put one of those ninja masks on so that you're, oh, you're, you're black. <laughs> Your head is, is yeah. completely un. And there's this person driving around. But you could do the knuckles on the wind, on the, uh, the, the, the steering wheel as well. That, that would be really, that would be a fun Halloween thing. I don't so know. I, I think, see- go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I could see, uh, like, one of our listeners, uh, fan of the show, good friend, uh, John Lee, uh, getting one of these and just popping his cigar. Right I was going to say, that oh. he would hold his cigar with that thing. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll just put this right here. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm going to be old school and not purchase this and go ahead and go back to my own two fingers. You know, there, there is just go with what you have. You know, exactly. You are. Yeah. You already got it right there. I already got it. Yeah, I'm already yeah. paying attention. Well, it is but, it is the Christmas season, and it is nice to make people feel well, but you do really don't saying. want a two-finger to a Bronco or to now, a wait, wait, I want to ask you, Josh, how this attaches. Is it sticky glue, or is it a screw? Double, or what, how does it? Double-sided tape included okay. with, uh, with, with the device itself. So, so yeah. actually, I'm thinking this would make a great Christmas ornament to put on your tree. It would. You just have to figure out how to hang it. But seriously, that, that actually could be kind of different oh, and cool. There this, you go. This would be I great to attach like to a, uh, a VHS copy of MASH. You just hang it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I know all these references. Like that's right, Richard Nixon, like, maybe. Yeah, mash the movie. Totally killing this poor thing. Yeah. That says, Roll must have stuff pick of the week. Here you go. I just I, I love the 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 uh, the, the possibilities of yeah. so yes, many. You know, there are uh, off intended use uh, uses <laughs> for this. You know, so uh, yeah, this is one of those. It was just it was too much fun not to include uh, on the show. I had to bring this in. So, uh, so there, there you go. And of course, uh, now that you must have one of these lazy waivers for yours or a friend's Jeep for that matter, we're going to make it very easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look in the link, uh, look in the show notes for episode four, or I'm sorry, 724. And, uh, you can get one of these for your very self. It's really cool. This is a neat one, Josh. Thanks. So, so Wendy, you were telling us before uh, we started recording about a recent trip you went on. You want to share that with the folks? or? Well, yeah, it was just a run for a day. But uh, we did, uh, if you're familiar with Southern California, there is a place called Motino Wash. Um, it is a serious black diamond, um, probably a double or a triple. And for those of you that don't have the diamond designation, it would be a very serious trail, probably a eight or a nine. Um, it's not King of the Hammers level of what those guys run on, but it's pretty interesting. And what's unique about this is that you start on the trail and you, so it's, it's a wash, it's a canyon. We've done it at night, super cool at night. Um, but it's kind of a neat thing that you, um, you really have to pay attention to your lines and you have to set up for the next line. So it's not like you get through one obstacle and you, you know, travel for a distance and then you, oh, here's another obstacle. There are some of those in there, but what's really interesting about this is the way that the rocks, most of them are permanent, but there are some that move. And so you get to the trail and you think, what happened? <laughs> so there were five of us. We had a really good time. Um, we, um, it was just a great run and nobody got hurt. And what I liked about it, because it's one of my favorite trails, I actually got to drive the majority of it, which is fun. 
usually I'm spotting everybody through. But oh, that is, is that is a big change. That's great. Yeah, it's good. I, I love driving. It's amazing. So when so, so much. So Wendy, what black diamond do you do you have to get at? And I realize you can do damage on any uh, trail if you don't do it right. But what black diamond rating do you have to get to before you have to seriously start thinking there's going to be some damage to your uh, to your uh, your rig? I would say uh, nine and ten and a triple black diamond, which I which I consider all of the big runs out of uh, King of the Hammers. It's stuff that you need rock crawlers or hoppers or huge setup kind of stuff. That yeah, brings me to guys. my question because I, I I wasn't familiar with uh, Motina Wash, um, and mm-hmm. so I had to look it up, uh, looking at some Google images, which I just pulled a couple random, uh, threw them mm-hmm. in the show notes. Uh, which you listening to this, you can you can see as well if you're not familiar with Matina Wash like I was. Uh, you can kind of get an idea of the kind of class of trail that this is. Um, that first image that I that, that's in the show notes um, mm-hmm. there, I swear I've seen that section of trail on King of the Hammers before. How close is this to to Johnson Valley? It, was King it, of the Hammers ever ran in this section? That I don't know for sure. I don't think so. Um, it is a bit of a distance. Yeah, that looks familiar, um, though. But I'm not sure about your first video. I'm trying to think exactly where that is. The second one, I know exactly where that is. And this has two points. Where that orange Jeep is, um, that is super narrow. But most people take on the, well, looking at the photo, they take to the left side where the people are standing. And right. they go around that big rock. But when we were through here, that has moved a little bit. And it's a little bit easier to get through. But this used to be a true pivot around the rock that's sort of in the forefront and you actually had to use your rock sliders to get around it it's super tight rock of doom yeah we've yeah, got a couple trails tight. like that up here as well mm-hmm. yeah cool stuff though wendy uh how many jeeps were in the group there was just five of us it was kind of a hey we're planning this and we were trying well, to no, do that, it as a that's really kind of the perfect yeah kind of cover. i mean you get yeah. much over five or six jeeps and and things kind of start getting a little bit long you know, but, uh, you know, anything uh, like three to five Jeeps, I think is really just the perfect run number. Uh, well, if what, you ask. <laughs> what was cool is everybody, well, there was uh, three of us, let's see, three of us run 37s all set up. One of them was 35s. That was interesting getting him through. He had never done oh. it before. Good, good driver. Uh-oh. However, we had Ray Curry with us on 40s. <laughs> Talk Jeez. about not needing a spotter. I'm like, yeah. yeah, okay, whatever, Ray, do whatever you're picking. He's he's uh-huh. an amazing driver, amazing, picks a great line. So he was having fun with it, but his rig is just so incredibly set up. It's just, it's stupid crazy. I mean, if that showed up I, in my driveway. I would driveway, have been green with envy all day <laughs> yes, long. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it was. So, and, if, it was, and if you have to do crazy, stupid crazy is the direction you want to go. Oh, 100. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it, every, it's just, it's a beautiful rig. I mean, if you've been to SEMA, you've probably seen it with the Curry booth. If you've been on any kind of events throughout the country, you know oh, what yeah, I'm talking that, about. That is this an iconic is Jeep. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's gorgeous. Definitely. Now, Wendy, yeah. you were been talking about in the last couple of weeks about how temperatures have been dropping down uh, there quite a bit lately. Uh, were, was there any icy patches in any of these trails? I mean, was it was it slick at all? What were the conditions No, like? this is lower than Big Bear. So we're at about 6,800 feet here, just where we live. The mountains would be a little higher. Um, this is lower. This is down around three to four thousand. So no, there was no snow even anywhere. There was no ice, no water. It was actually not a bad day. It was a little chilly, but oh. it wasn't bad. So yeah, it was a good day. 
It's a great day. Well, anytime, Josh, you know, when you're on the trail and you're out running, it's a good oh, day. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So any, any carnage, uh, any, nope. any damage to speak of, any, any uh, necessary recoveries that could have been avoided? Um, we did have to help the gentleman who had 35s out twice. Um, not really out, just, you know, with his, just the way his position, so he doesn't have PSC steering, you know, he's just have basically like a stock Jeep, if you will, but it was lifted and he's had improvements. And so his turning radius is a little tighter. I mean, a little, sh uh, I'm sorry, not tighter. It would be, um, not as tight. So it'd be rougher. wider. Yeah. Wider. Thank you. There's the word I'm looking for. Um, and so we just had to give him a tug twice and that's just because he got kind of hung up on a couple things, but there are a few rocks oh. on this trail that move. So if you don't set your tire, your line exactly on top of the rock, and you know yeah. what I'm talking about when you're teetering, right. if you're slightly off to one side or the other and you slip, well, of course, the rock slips not on the outside of the Jeep, it slips to the inside underneath. So there was a time we had to just help pull him through, but it was, you know, no big deal. We put a strap on it. Because oh, I, like, I, I, I play in a lot bigger rocks than I probably should for a Jeep on 33s. Yeah. And, and we said to everybody who's going on 37s, we had one guy on 35s, and that was interesting. And I was thinking, like, really? Because I've, I've been on Black Diamond, a double Black Diamond on 33s. Yeah. I mean, I definitely was, and double Black Diamond was playing in, in territory I shouldn't have. Um, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm in there messing around. I'm doing it. Um, so, you know, it, it makes me wonder, is somebody out there and they're on 33s um, or maybe even 35s and they're thinking, well, geez, uh, if it's that big of a deal, maybe I shouldn't even even think about going on these trails um, with, with those, these size of tires. You know, and, and again, I, I know every trail is different, but at the same time, should there be a consideration uh, for somebody with smaller tires, when they start getting into into more advanced trails, as they get that seat time, as their experience gets better and their confidence comes up, but maybe their vehicle level hasn't come up quite as fast as their capabilities has. If a Jeeper on 35s, he's been wheeling for a little while, but hasn't really had a whole lot of seat time or experience on, on Black Diamond trails, should that be something that, that they steer away from then? Well, I think it depends on the driver, as we know. Uh, you, Josh, have tons of experience. I'm sure Bill or myself could also do something just as well when 33s. But at the same time, your Jeep also has to have clearance. So you have to really think about your line. So I would say to the driver, if you're on 33s and you've had really good experience, you've got rock sliders, you've got skid plates, enough protection underneath, why there not give it a shot? If you've got a good spotter on board who can get you through, um, the nice thing is, so you try something and it doesn't work, we back you up and we re-stab re it again. It's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah. You're not trying to just get through to say, ooh, I went through this, this line. Maybe you're picking a different line. So somebody on 33s, I wouldn't necessarily not allow to come. I would want to know what their experience was and how their Jeep is set up. Obviously, if it's a Absolutely. stock Jeep, no, I'm not going to do that because they're going to be carnage. You know that yeah. we have to use rock sliders. We know that we have to pinch you around some rocks and you're going to be teetering on things. You're ability as a driver i can work with you as a spotter and help you but you got to have good foot control maybe you're you really need to learn to do two foot driving so that you've got one foot on that yeah. brake because you're teetering on rocks you know so i i don't always want to discourage anybody with the size of their jeep it really has to do with the driver and will you listen to the spotter and again who's your spotter i mean there's people you can see videos going through motino and like one of the guys that we go with uh, paul he was on our, on our event paul crawford he had a gladiator and he's like, oh, I saw videos of Motino with gladiators. I can't make it. And I looked at him. I said, are you kidding me? 
I can get you through. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's yeah. how I, how you pick the line. Mm-hmm. So he obviously now knows, hey, I can get through stuff. So it's like you, Tony, when you saw Paul's Jeep go through our event, you're like, oh, a gladiator. I can now do it. So I right. think that's part of it, too. You just have to get that confidence. But. Yeah, and I would it's, say, and I would say, worst case, last resort is you can always winch over uh, pretty much anything. Sort of. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're on thirty threes and you have the capable uh, capable vehicle, and then you just you get stuck, your last resort would be uh, winch it, or if there's a bypass, go around, obviously. But if you if you had to, you could always winch. I, I think not that's a correct probably, statement or not. I think it's a I think it's probably a true statement. I think what Josh and I are both humming about is hmm. I know some places where I don't think that would well, work. You and know, and I know clearance. some people where, where they, they have. I, it's like, I know this one guy, uh, shout out to Bernie out there, Nurse Bernie. Um, he, uh, he's he got an LJ that uh, uh, it's on 32s. I think he might have just gotten some 33s. Uh, recently. He was on metric 32s. So, um, and, and, but he had a full belly pan underneath his, mm-hmm. underneath his Jeep. And uh, winch in the front, very well equipped, uh, very well armored. And he would drag that freaking little silver jeep over <laughs> everything just right. scraping and grinding the entire time but he made it over it sounds like and guy in the yj yeah. and it's just and it's just like it's like oh my god and but you know he but he was armored for it he was yeah. able to do it with because his jeep was built for it right and so right. even though he had less clearance than everybody else out there he had more armor than everybody else out there. So, you yeah. know, it kind of balanced out in, in some in some regard. More than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, but it's always yeah. fun. If you get a chance in Southern Cal to do this run, and actually we're thinking about, I'm thinking about doing this run at night on our next JTS event here in yeah, Southern Cal. That looks like it would be uh, very challenging, especially depending on the moon cycle. I can oh, see yes. with, with a new moon, this becoming extremely challenging, um, mm-hmm. and being a completely different ball game with a new with a with a full moon as well, with the kind oh, of yeah. tricks that shadows play with you and, and and stuff like that. So yeah, that would be that would be an intense run uh, at night. Now now is this kind of like at, at all like the Rubicon where it, it's going to take you a day and a half just to make it through this trail <laughs> type of thing? I mean, how long of a section is the, is this trail? How long how it's, much of a day is this? It's uh, most of the day. We connected at 9 o'clock. We left at 9.30 after airing down. We probably got to the trailhead around 10.30. takes an hour to get there. Oh, wow. And we were done with the trail. I think it was around 2 or 2.30. And we're all experienced jeepers. So there wasn't like any real delay. Yeah. Um, And then another hour back to the, you know, drop off as we call it. And then people went their separate ways. So. Yeah, it's it's a good day and it's a fun day. So you know, we stopped and oh, had lunch. Right, of yeah. course, we're sitting around the rocks and just enjoying the weather. And it's such a beautiful canyon. So, but it's not designated as a black diamond. There's no designation. There's no trail markers. You just have to know where this is. And oh, um, well, that's, so that's that was going to kind of leads me to my my next question: Is are there other trails in this area, or is this a park, or is this you know mm-hmm. how how is this how is this all this laid is, out? This is uh, through a canyon called Rattlesnake Canyon that kind of connects, um, I think it's 2 and two and 01. Don't get me, don't quote me on that. It might be 2 and 02. I could be wrong on the numbers. I mess that up all the time. Two over by the highway that takes you to King of the Hammers, which is uh, Old Woman Springs. So Rattlesnake Canyon kind of goes between these two major roads, if you will. And in between there is this canyon. So 
It's it's interesting. It's funny because I was like, stuff. wait a minute, because I've been hunting out in Rattlesnake Canyon before. Because, but there's a Rattlesnake Canyon up here in Oregon as well, a Rattlesnake mm-hmm. Canyon campground. So yeah, it's uh, out in Sherman County. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, Rattlesnake Canyon. <laughs> You're a little farther farther north than I think you were. That's <laughs> right. Were, but <laughs> it's all good. So anyhow, it's, it was fun. Good time. Well, Jeeper, if you want to get in on action like this, conversation like this, uh, well, we're doing it all the time. And of course, we invite you, the listener, to join us for a show every Tuesday as we record our roundtable episodes. Sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter to find out how to join in on that fun. And uh, you can sign up for that by heading over to our website, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. There, it'll take you to our contact page where you'll find out all kinds of information about how to uh, sign up uh, for that newsletter, of course. Also, uh, how to interact with all of us here at the show, uh, contact numbers, uh, giveaway numbers. That newsletter is going to have all the information you need to, to uh, join in on our Tuesday episodes, our roundtable episodes. And, of course, uh, information about who we're talking to, uh, what we're going to be giving away and when, you know, all that good stuff. Lots of great inside information of uh, what's happening here on the show as well. So uh, it's all happening over at the Jeep Talk Show website. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and uh, sign up for the newsletter today and we'll see you next Tuesday. That's all the Jeep Talk Show that we got for now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure to find, friend, and follow us everywhere you find the Jeep Talk Show. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Next time you get to thinking you should, just don't, okay? We don't need any more of whatever it is that you're calling that anyway. Podcasting since 2010.